Um, this time next week, the whole UCP leadership review drama, well, technically, technically, it'll be over. We'll know the results of the vote anyway, but... If the drama itself is settled within the UCP party is another question altogether. In fact, I, I, I don't even know how much of a question it is at this point. Um, Elections Alberta has confirmed they're investigating um, membership sales following a complaint from Brian Jean's camp. Uh, we continue to hear reports from different people saying, hey, I'm on the voting list. I didn't buy a membership. Well, how did I get on the vote? There's all kinds of allegations and questions. But to, to their credit, the party is also saying, hey, look at what we're doing to make sure that this is fair. So I... I don't know. We'll see how it all shapes up. But in the meantime, let's chat with Lori Williams, an associate professor of policy studies at Mount Royal University, and get her take on all this. Um, Lori, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. I'm glad to be with you, Shane. So we've got a couple of different situations, all under the same umbrella here. Uh, as I said, Brian Jean, uh, his camp has filed a complaint with Elections Alberta. Claims that he has proof that just eight credit cards were billed for more than 4,000 memberships. The UCP has said, yeah, this this happens all the time. This doesn't mean there's any wrongdoing. I mean, did they succeed in in assuaging those concerns, or are we still saying, oh, what what happened here? I mean, how big of a deal is that one? Well, it it is a concern still, and and the reason it's a concern traces back to 2017, where there are people were actually fined for for doing um, some of this very sort of thing, buying memberships in the names of people who did not know that they uh, were having a membership taken out in their name. And now that we're hearing reports about people getting more than one ballot, people getting ballots who are not members of the party, people who didn't know who who are on the list and didn't get ballots. I mean, how many of those? Those are the questions, I think, that are bubbling to the surface and just adding fuel, not just to questions coming out of out of a, a vague sense of what happened in 2017, but the fact that charges were laid, fines were levied, and uh, a number of the people that were involved in the 2017 race are now saying that they don't trust, they themselves don't trust the process to be fair. In other words, people that were supporters and loyalists, um, the fellow who ran uh, Jason Kenney's Central Alberta leadership campaign now is opposed to Jason Kenney and doesn't trust the process, and that makes things very difficult for the party. Um, now, when we talk about all of this, it's it's allegations. I mean, even Elections Alberta launching an investigation at this point, that doesn't prove any wrongdoing, right? It's just all kinds of people saying, hey, this doesn't make sense. Party has said, yeah, there were some people on the list that shouldn't have been there, and they've taken them off. So uh, where do we stand in terms of the integrity of the process itself. Has there been any proven wrongdoing to this point? I don't think there's been any proof. Right. Well, I mean, we do know that that there have been irregularities. The question of how those irregularities occurred, I think, is still open. But this isn't a matter of... um, of so much proving something legally and charging someone. This is a matter of persuading the people in party that are opposed to Jason Kenney that the process is fair and uh, and that it's been run in a in, in a way that that uh, respects the actual uh, votes of the people that participated, whether people have been allowed to participate. I mean, we know that cutoff of the memberships occurred before people were able to join. Uh, or to become members if they wanted to participate in the expanded process. So I think there's still questions being raised about whether the the process has been fair. Legalities aside, um, the fact that the process was changed after the membership um, drive was closed means a lot of people were excluded from the process, and and some think the party just used that to manipulate a victory for Mr. Kenny. And, Laurie, at the end of the day, that is the overriding issue here. No matter what 
um, you know, if anything is proven or not proven or whatever the case may be, just all this uncertainty based on, like you say, the track record, the changing of the date, all these different things. Um, it's meant to unify the party and put the unrest to bed. It doesn't seem like it has a shot at doing that, even in the slightest, does it? No, I don't think so. I think uh, there are, I mean, it would be different if there were just a handful of people that are raising questions and, you know, they had some sort of agenda of their own. But again, it's a number of people that are former Jason Kenney loyalists that are raising questions and questions not just about this process, but about Jason Kenney's leadership, which is why the review is happening in the first place. Um, again, his former communications uh, officer, his uh, or head of communications, um, his former CFO who uh, was with him when he was a member of parliament, his former campaign manager in central Canada for the leadership of the party. And, and the list is actually growing. Uh, people who were once supporters and loyalists of Jason Kenney who, who are questioning his leadership, and that's really the issue. Um, and it's not just about the pandemic. It's not just about a particular issue. It's, it's a series of things. It's the style of leadership, the top-down uh, dictatorial leadership, as many interpret it, uh, when grassroots leadership was promised. The draft uh, curriculum, the insulin pumps, the um, eastern slopes, uh, the failure of, of resource companies to be forced to pay their taxes to municipalities, the increase of taxes on municipalities who did not, um, who were promised that, that that there would be no new taxes or no increases in taxes. I, I mean, the list goes on of things that people are unhappy or, or angry about. Um, and then you add to that the whole set of questions around COVID management, and, and there's just not the, the trust or the confidence in the leader that that uh, one would expect. And given those questions, it becomes difficult to for many people to see how he can survive this fairly. Party, pretty steadfast in saying, hey, it's going to be a free and it's going to be a fair vote. Uh, they, they've got volunteers checking each and every ballot. They say they're, they're live streaming the vote counting process in the interest of transparency. They brought in independent auditors to be all over this. So uh, they're doing what they can. Will it be enough? I mean, is there more that they could do at this point? It seems to me like, I mean, the, the, the water's tainted and that's it. it it's over and done. Yeah, I think you're quite right about that. And again, part of it uh, traces back to the fact that the process was changed past the point where people could become members and participate in the process. That alone is seen as just sort of rigging the the result, a deliberate attempt to exclude people who would have participated had they known that they had the opportunity to do so. Laurie, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, as always. Thank you, Shane. That is Laurie Williams, who is an Associate Professor of Policy Studies at Mount Royal University.